Kibokertov, we continue in Moid Kotni Yud Ches Omid Aleph, two lines from the bottom of the page. Last topic, we're discussing washing clothes on Chola Moed. You're really not allowed to do so unless you don't have any other clothes. You can wash another clothes. So the Gemara now uh, says a couple more halachas regarding what type of clothes can you wash. Sholach Rav Yitzchak Bar Yaakov Ben Giyure Mishmeida Rav Yochanan Rav Yitzchak sent a rendering in the name of Rav Yochanan Kli Pishton Mutter Lechavsam Cholamoid You're allowed to launder linen garments on Cholamoid Why? Because it requires very little effort Number one Number two They are soiled so easily that even if they're washed before Yontif, they'd have to be washed again on Cholamoe. So since it's two things, number one, it's not like, well, he didn't wash it before, he could wash it right before Yontif. It's very delicate type of garments. It gets dirty again, and it's not a lot of work to wash them. So, uh, so it comes out that you can launder linen garments, However, the halacha lemaisa is we don't. And the reason is because there's a lot more clothes that we could wear nowadays. Okay, we're not that poor that uh, I can't wash it. Okay, how about handcloths? Massive rava. Rava, now, I'm sorry, uh, ask a question on that ruling. How about it says... That uh, one may launder uh, hand towels. Quotes a Bryce that says, one may launder hand towels. That appears, what's the implication? I'm sorry. And that of barbers. You can wash hand towels that are of barbers. So what does that imply? You can wash that, honey in, these, yes, but klipish done low, but linen garments, no, they can't be. By specifying these particular garments, hand towels of barbers, which uh, are presumably made of linen, this indicates only linen ones may not be washed on that other linen ones. In other words, the specific ones of barbers, but regular ones not. Shamalei Abayabai says, no, no, no. Mishnah afilu desharmani. A Mishnah means that even these garments are made of other materials besides linen. They can also be washed. In other words, linen for sure, but other materials, yes. So there's no question on that. Okay. Yes. Well, I guess if if somebody uh, is coming in from out of town, uh, yeah. So, so those, yeah, I guess under that circumstance, yeah. Well, it said, well, that, that's the sfaris, the effort, and the uh, even if you wash it before, it'll get have to get washed again. So, so they, they wanted to say, well, this prices seem to say only these kinds and not the linen one. Uh, yeah, 
Sigmar says no, it meant even the other kinds, and linen is for sure okay. So, so we just do it today because we do what today? We don't wash today because it's a, a custom because it's not tirch anymore. You just throw it in the No, but but there has to. But also the other reason, even if you'd wash before, you'd have to wash it again and again. The point being, we have a lot more clothes. No, the whole the whole reason not to wash. No, there's. Well, all no. Also, you have to have the clothes ready before yomtiv. Remember, there's a decree: your clothes have to be ready before yomtiv. We don't want to leave clothes not to be ready before yomtiv, right? Want to be have your clothes clean, so we make a decree not to wash the clothes. So now the leniencies, you know, have to depend on if they're applicable. So. We have a lot of clothes. If we wash all our clothes before Yantif, generally speaking, you have enough clothes for Yantif. So why should we? All it takes is, you know, throw in one load before Yantif. So why didn't you throw in the load? So now, so that's going to be the penalty. It's, so it's not only because it's easy, but we seem to have two reasons. It's easy, and even if you'd wash it before, it gets dirty again. But here, so what? So you wash it before it gets dirty again, but you got other clothes. So therefore, if you've got a lot of clothes, there's no reason to be lenient. Again, if you don't have enough clothes, then you can. So let's say, you know, the hand towels. Hand towels, it depends what house you live in and how many kids you have. You can go through all the hand towels. Even if you wash them all before Yontif. They might need to get rewashed again because you don't have any hand towels. Yeah. That's possible. Again, if you don't have enough tablecloths, then you'd have you'd be allowed to wash them. That's uh, so it depends on the situation over there. So you, that that's right exactly. Now, Omar Barhadja. Barhadja said, Lididi chazi liyamashel taveria. I personally was at the Yam Taveria, where people like to take uh, baths. Demafki lei mishichli demoni kitona bechola demod. People were taking bowls of linen garments out to it on cholamoid for the purpose of washing the garments. Uh, so we see that washing linen garments is permitted on Cholamoid. Okay, so it seems that uh, you could wash a lot of them. Okay, so uh, it would seem that you're allowed to do even a lot. So, Maskifla Abaye, Abaye says, Man Malan, who's to say, They did it with the permission of the rabbis. Maybe they did it without the consent of the rabbis. In fact, you're seeing people say, now this is like bowls of linen. So it looks like there's a lot. So it seems to say, oh, you see, you could do as many as you want. So says, no, no, how do you know that was with the approval? So there's no proof you can do that. Again, that is the general rule. The general rule is we don't wash our clothes. Unless there were circumstances that did not enable you to wash your clothes before Yontif, let's say your washing machine broke down before Yontif, and it's not going to get fixed until Cholamoid. Uh, okay, so uh, then you'd be able to do it. Or if you have a lot of clothes, certainly children's clothes, even if you wash them all before Yontif, it's not likely you have enough to go through eight days 
of children's clothes. So th- that all depends on, you know, what uh, the nature of the clothes is. Or we'll see other clothes. What if it's a type of clothes that if you don't at least remove the stain, it'll be a permanent stain. It'll be a permanent loss. And you have to put some, like, relatively quick... I can't do that on Yontif, but in Cholomoyed, so you could put a spray wash or something and you can rub it out to do whatever is necessary so it doesn't become a permanent... Uh, Loss. Okay, we're leaving washing clothes, cutting nails, and that kind of stuff. And we're going on to the next Mishnah, which is going to deal with writing. Okay, the Mishnah starts off. So, uh, oh, what happened? Okay, let's get back here. Okay, so now Misha is going to start off by telling us over here. What do I want over here? We, yeah, we said that work requiring skill of a professional caliber is generally not allowed a cholamoy. Therefore, calligraphy, which is a skilled craft, is prohibited. Some authorities forbid even writing in a non-calligraphic manner, for they consider the simple act of writing to be a professional form of labor. It should be noted that even unprofessional labor is prohibited unless it serves some purpose related to the festival. Okay, so now, what about writing? Well, if it's calligraphy, then that would certainly not be allowed, because that's professional. And then we said even non-calligraphy is prohibited unless it serves a festival purpose. So therefore, writing, you should not be allowed to write on Chol Hamoid. Default position, unless it's something that's necessary. <coughs> now again, it's getting less and less necessary, and now there'll be more, more updated Shilas. How about using a computer? Writing on a computer. Okay, that's going to be the next issue we'll have to discuss. But uh, again, you know, why why would you need to write on Cholamoid? That what? Well, if you're going to work, well, that becomes the next question: Are you allowed to work on Cholamoid? So. If it's a situation where you're allowed to work on Cholamoid, then you'd be allowed to write on Cholamoid. But if it's a situation where you're really not allowed to write on Cholamoid, then work on Cholamoid, you're not allowed to write either. So let's take the working out, or let's say even better, let's say even if you have to work on Cholamoid, but when you're not working, when you're home, can you write on Cholamoid? And now that becomes, uh, can you use the computer on Cholamoid? When you're right now, when you're just um, looking for things on the internet, you're not writing, right? Per se. Uh, so this becomes an interesting issue. And what uh, what does writing really mean? And why is it not allowed? I mean, it's it's work. It's it's a form of work. If you write on Shabbos, you get skila, just like if you plow. So we we don't work a cholamoid. So again, we'd have to, only way we could do it, just like every other thing, is unless there's reasonable uh, cause for exception. 
Oh, so now we have to look at what would be the exceptions. Okay, could you think of any exceptions? Somebody's sick, he has to write a prescription. Ah, if a doctor has to write a prescription, that definitely is something you could write. You gotta write your shopping list for the You gotta write a shopping list for Sobeys. You have to remember what you need to buy. That would seem okay. Yeah, that would that would seem to be okay. Let's say you, you bought some shares of a company and you wanted to sell it because it went up during the during Yom Kippur. You wanted to sell it and hold it. And we said you could sell it. You don't have to incur a loss. You can sell it. Right. But to do that, you have to write something or have to type something. So well, again, if well, if if that's if you're already allowed to sell it, then you'll be able to write what okay. you need to write. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. For the class. What? Notes for a class. Okay, would you be allowed to do that? Well, the answer is, why are you writing the notes for the class? No, why does a person write notes? Uh, so, if you don't write the notes, what will happen? You'll forget it, so then that's a loss. That's worse than a financial loss, that's a Torah loss. You'll forget your learning. Let's say, let's say you're learning and you think of a great novel uh, understanding in the, in the Chumash. And if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. So you're allowed to write it. Because it's a loss. A spiritual loss is much worse than a financial loss. So therefore, you can't. If, if the reason is you're going to lose out. Okay. So, so now we're going to come up with these things. These are the exceptions which you are allowed to write. And we'll see that this, the fact that we're making these exceptions, well, Gomorrah is going to bring out certain questions of, listen, are you even allowed to do this on Cholamoid, that we're allowing the exception, as we shall see as we get into the Gemara. But let's look at the list of cases in which you're allowed to write. Number one, Kidushe. Noshim, the betrothal of woman. Okay. Now, the betrothal is step one. It's only the erisin. Okay. So, for lack of a better word, we use betrothal. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Since when do you have to write for a betrothal? Well, how many ways can you betroth a woman? Three. What? Kesev is one. Star, a document. Yeah, write on a piece of paper. Behold, you, so-and-so, are betrothed to me, so-and-so. If you give her a document of Kedushin, that's one of the methods of Kedushin. Okay. So, you're allowed to write such a document on Chol Hamoid. Okay. Now, why? Maybe he's leaving on a business trip. Okay. okay. Uh, you don't want to lose her. Somebody else might get her. Okay, good. That's number one. Number two, the opposite. Vigitin. Bills of divorce. Now, why what do you, Why can't you find a better time to divorce her? So look what the commentator says. 
let's say a husband's about to go on a journey and he might write the type of divorce that if I don't come back, so she won't be in Aguna. If I don't come back by such and such time, the divorce is now effective. Now, if he just comes back, then it's fine. Yeah, well, I guess in a time when it's permitted to go on a journey. When it's permitted to go on a journey. Let's say his parents, whatever, he, he has to go. All right? So the reason is that if he does not provide her with a divorce and then fails to return, there'll be an irretrievable loss. What if he's not? What if it's just a matter of there's so much suffering going on in the marriage that they just want to end it now and they want to wait another week? Okay, so let's continue. <laughs> Rashi apparently means that a divorce may be written on Cholamite only where the husband is leaving on a journey or a similar situation. Other commentaries, however, argue that since the mission does not state otherwise, it allows writing a divorce in all circumstance. Deir Rashi is giving the reason for this general permit. That is, in light of the one situation where divorce is needed to avoid an irretrievable loss, the sages issued a general permit to write a divorce on Cholmoid, even where no loss is not involved. Aha! Uh-huh. So that's the whole machlokas. Because what's the, listen, if you've been suffering with this woman for so long, you could suffer another week, right? It's not even a full week, it's cholamoid, so it's another five days. So, you know, however you've been living with her till then, you can live with her. So that seems to be the machlokas. Rashi is Rashi, meaning only one case, or is an example of the other case. So it's the machlokas. This dispute applies to the other documents listed in our mission as well. According to the first video, no document may be written on Cholmoid except in the specific circumstances where this is necessary. According to the second view, the documents may be written on Cholmoid even where those circumstances do not exist. So that was number two. Number three, and a receipt. Now, so let's say somebody owes you money. And he decides on Cholamoyit to pay you back the money. Fine. You're allowed to write a receipt uh, or accept uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the debtor has the right to demand a receipt upon payment of the debt. And now he wants the creditor to write it. Why is he allowed to do that? Why? The guy will say, you never paid me back. Right? Even he allowed to pay him back during? Yeah, well, that's a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah to pay back, and that's not a lot of effort. All you do is walk over and give him the cash. And it's a mitzvah. He didn't. He didn't have the money. Whatever. He didn't get, a, he didn't get around. Whatever reason. Whatever reason. But one thing's for sure. When you owe somebody money, it's a mitzvah to pay back the money. It's not a lot of work. You just walk over, hand him the cash. That is not going to take away, and you're going to make the other guy happy, and that certainly that's, that's allowed. Yes, it's good to pay him back beforehand, but he didn't. So now he's coming to you and says, I'll pay you back now. We're going to say, no, it's cholamoyed. I'm not going to come later. And come later, the guy may not have the money to pay you back. That's one thing about debtors. He could he could be in debt to ten different guys. So he says, "Okay, you don't want it. I'll go to the other guy, and then you'll have to wait another year for me to pay you back." So certainly, so now the, the point is, so you can certainly pay back a debt. That's a mitzvah. It doesn't take a lot of time. 
And now you can ask that uh, for a, a receipt because otherwise you're going to suffer a big financial loss. What else can you write? A daitiki, a sick bed will. In other words, we're talking about a shrivmara, a person who's going to die soon. So the rabbis instituted that a seriously ill person can transfer property through oral declaration alone without a formal kinyan because they'll be very hardly sick. However, a document recording the transfer is required to prove that it took place. It's not the document of the actual transaction, but it's a proof document. Without this document, the bequest may be contested by the deceased heirs, resulting in a loss to the recipient. This document can be written on Cholomoyd, lest the witnesses depart after the festival. In other words, you got, oh God, when a, a sick person wants to give away property, wants to give away stuff. So normally you have to do a whole Kenyan and this and that, and it's not always possible. The guy's sitting on a bed, he can't even lift up, he can't even hand it over. But he, so we said, okay, we, we'll allow the transfer to happen verbally. However, we have to have proof. Proof you have to have. Now he doesn't have to write the proof. There's witnesses. Obviously, has to be witnesses. If a dead, if a person who's dying just goes to one person and says, "Like giving you all my assets or whatever," it's not valid because when the guy who gets it says, "I got them," I said, "Where's your proof?" So you have to have two witnesses watching all this. That you have to have. So now we just want the two witnesses to write. We were here and we saw this. So this can be done via financial loss. We can do that. Also, a matana, a gift document. Okay, it's possible to transfer ownership of real estate by handing the recipient a document in which the matter is recorded. One may write such a document for fear the benefactor might change his mind later and decide not to grant the gift. Ritva explains why this would be considered a loss. Okay, alternatively, the gift was affected by some other means, and the document is needed only as proof of transaction. It might be, again, for Chalamoy, because there could be a financial loss. How about a Prus ball? Remember the Prus ball. Uh, that uh, so you lend money before Yontif, before Shemitah. Shemitah cancels all debts. Shemitah cancels all debts. So we're coming close to Shemitah. And uh, that's Passover and, and, and Shavuos. Shavuos is close. So the guy, whatever, he wants to write a prusbal on Shavuos. He doesn't want to lose money. It could be, you know, the real way you did it, you have to do it in front of a Besden. Maybe only, maybe he lives in a hick town and there's no Besden. So Shavuos, he's coming, it's young. If you have to go to Yerushalayim, there's enough rabbis to write you a prusbal. So he wants a prusbal. Otherwise, he'll suffer a great financial loss. So you can write a prusbal. What else can you write? Igros shum, letters of evaluation. When a court attests to the evaluation of a particular field, let's say it was awarded to an heir, while other people are getting money, so if it's not written that document, it could be contested, which could cause a loss of money. Okay, or you could say a court document saying a property's been assessed and confiscated to satisfy a debt. So these are all possible financial losses. They can all be written. Vigaris Muslim and letters of support. When a man obligates himself to provide for his stepdaughter's support, that can be written a cholamoy, again, because that could be a financial loss. 
or Arabat, a star a chalitza umeyunim, a star that's written when a chalitza is done, or meyun. Chalitza, we know, is if the, uh, the surviving brother does not marry the woman, so she does a chalitza. Now again, that's very important, because without a chalitza, this woman cannot remarry. Now, and maybe the only, now the only time, it's a mitzvah, the only time you could do it is, let's say, a cholomoy, you need a document to prove that the chalitza happened. You don't have the document, you can't remarry. So that's important. Same thing, a miyun doc. What? She can't get married then anyway. Right? Yeah, but she can't, he wants to have a hold of the guy. The problem is the guy. Remember, you want to get... Right, so what? she can wait four days. You can't, the guy's leaving. She can't marry him during... No, some, again, she can't get married because she's tied to the deceased husband. Oh, it's like a divorce. She needs the brother to give her the chalitza. Okay? And the brother's saying, I'm in town now and I'm leaving. I'm reading right after him. Can't you say no? Okay, so do the chalitza now. But now we need a document to prove that he gave her chalitza. Or also a meyun document is when a girl gets married off by her brothers or mother. The father's not alive when she's a katana. And then she does not want to be married to this man, and she refuses. It's like a, an annulment of the divorce of the marriage before it happened, whatever. But that's another document that frees her from the man she was married to. Same idea. Also, Shtare Beiruri, documents of selection. When you're dividing up an estate amongst the inheritors. So who gets what? So that can be written because the court may not be available later to write it. Okay? Also, Xeris Bezin. What if uh, records of court edicts? They got to be recorded immediately. They may not be available later. Whatever they decided. Decided he owes him money. He doesn't owe him money. They make the decision. You have to write it down. So we have to follow up on it. Records if, 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 yeah, it's important. That's when a lot of people are around, and I guess you have, certain decisions have to be made. Again, people, you have to know. Chalmoy was a time there was a lot of people around. They all would convene Yerushalayim, and that's when they really were having as many bezdins as you wanted. So it was definitely a time to uh, do these things. But doing like a financial dispute in front of a court, you can't get more business like than. But, it, but, but you're trying to create shalom. If you're going to a Bezdin already, that, that means there's a problem, right? Why do you have to go to a Bezdin? You just settle it between the two of you. Why, why is it that you have to go to a Bezdin? Because there's a, there's a problem here. They're not able to resolve their dispute. Like, when, when do you ever see people going to a Bezdin? When either one says, I don't owe you the money. What do you mean you do owe me the money? Right? So now you're trying to create Shalom. So, Cholomoy is a good time to create Shalom, isn't it? And it's, and it's, and it's really Torah. It's, it's living the Torah. It's, there's a dispute. There's Machloikas. You want to resolve the Machloikas. So you deal with it. And, 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 and usually, you, you know, Yontif is a good time because there's a lot of time people are in Yerushalayim and they're able to deal with this. Or, and whatever, and whatever, or the guy, you know, wants to get paid money. He feels he's been wronged. He wants to correct it. And finally, Igara Shel Rishus, letters of the government. 
recording the laws issued by the government. There's a concern it could be forgotten if you don't record it immediately, or maybe correspondence with the government considering community affairs. Again, you have to know, again, that's when the rabbis would get together and they would maybe make important decisions for the community, so you have to record that. Another interpretation, Mishra refers to certificates granted by the Jewish government, by the Nasi, let's say authorizing someone to be a judge. Okay, so we want to write those letters of authorization. Like the, courts, the courts are not closed on well, I, I think it would make sense because yeah. Yeah. people are there, yeah. and this is mitzvahs. How the judges know enjoying their they know. It's a holiday. Yeah, for them it's Torah. It's it's like you're it's like it's like living the Torah. It's deciding the cases, yeah. right? And that's that's a good time to deal with these things. And that's that's what, it's not like it's not business. It's it's bringing peace between Jews. The Samachta Vilchagecha. So it, wouldn't you say the best way to have Simcha is by is by resolving financial issues? Take it to court and decide. Or what if people have when, when do you have a chance? Let's give an example. When do you think Reb Chaim Kanieski was probably his busiest? Was on Cholamoy. Right? People want to see him. So you're gonna say he's working? You're gonna call that working or doing chesed with people? Right? So, so, you know, there's pragmatics. You know, people come, they wait on Yom Tov to come to Yerushalayim. And they come to Yerushalayim to see the big rabbis. So what are we going to do? Just look at them, right? So you want to learn Torah from them, and you obviously want to resolve disputes, talk with them. There's all kinds of things, but Cholomite is a good time for that. Now, there's one other interpretation of Rishos, means optional letters, according to Rishami, which means a social correspondence and uh, the suggestion is such letters are not written with the same care and attention as more formal letters. So it's like unprofessional writing. And these letters contribute to the joy of the writer and the recipient because they're going to be happy to hear from the guy that he's happy to write the letter. Some say, no, the only time you can write a social correspondence only in case of irretrievable loss. Unless it has important information about a friend's welfare and might not find a messenger to deliver it for after the festival. So that could be a type of a loss. So these are the general exception to the rules. Okay, so now, okay, good place to stop, 7.56. Now we're going to get to the first one, the marriage document, which assumes that you're allowed to get married, with Arison at least, on Cholomoyt, and that's going to be tomorrow's discussion. Okay, Yashukaya. Look at that little bit of snow.